0: Views and opinions expressed on Tuesday Takeover are not indicative of KZLX LP Maryville or Northwest Missouri State University. are back another Tuesday, Tuesday Takeover. Logan Weber with Austin McNorton and Tucker Quinn. Had a big week in college hoops again this week. Can't wait to get into this week's show. Oh, hold, hold on, though. Let me,
1: let me bring up a topic of discussion that is not about college basketball, oh, geez. but does involve college in a way. Kyler Murray declared that he is going all in on being a football player, going into the NFL. How do you think he's going to do?
0: I think he'll. I think he'll be just fine he, my my mm. NFL comparison to him and, and the way he plays the game is very michael Vick like that's what he reminds me of the way he the way he moves outside the pocket, the way he does certain things with the football that you just don't expect players at the quarterback position to make. I think he'll be just fine. I think he truly does love the game. I think that's why he's picking football over baseball. I think his heart is just in football more than it is in baseball. So I think, I think he'll buy in. I think he'll be a top ten pick. I don't think number one necessarily or anything that outrageous, but I could see him going number nine, number eight overall somewhere, like going to a team like the Giants or the Jaguars or something.
2: In my opinion – I think he's going to be snapped like a twig the first time that a lay- linebacker makes a hit him. So you think his size is going to hurt him? Absolutely. I don't see. Oh, Ty- he's a mo- pretty mobile do you, guy. Though. Do you see Tyreek Hill playing quarterback or being successful at the quarterback position? Absolutely not. And I think is he Kyler- as small as Tyreek Hill? He is little. He's
1: little, yeah. Drew Brees is little.
2: Drew Brees is a 10. Russell Wilson is little. But Drew Brees does not have the same playing style that Kyler Murray does. Drew Brees has, you know... Good protection in the pocket, and you know, throws it deep. And Kyler Murray is very Patrick Mahomes like. I mean, he runs all over the field to so, find somebody open. So then,
1: speaking about Patrick Mahomes, and this is why I think he could very seriously be the number one pick. Arizona Cardinals had that pick. New head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Cleansbury. former head coach of Patrick Mahomes.
0: I don't know, man. Don't be happen. shaking your head like that. It's I think it's happen. a legitimate possibility. Yeah, they just drafted Josh Rosen last year. They're not going to draft another yeah, quarterback number one. They're not going to waste that pick. Nobody's going to trade away that much value to get Josh Rosen right now. Cliff Kingsbury can do something great with Josh Rosen. You don't Rosen. think the Giants would trade get that. Josh Rosen
1: maybe? No, because they're going to get what Dwayne What other quarterback is? Yeah, yeah.
0: Because I think Dwayne Haskins is the best quarterback in this draft What if class. Jacksonville
1: trades up to get Dwayne mm-hmm. Haskins then?
0: Then get Drew Locke. I mean y- – there's plenty of quarterbacks in this draft class that I think are going to be capable pros.
2: Sorry to all the Mizzou fans out there, but Drew Locke, one, will be a bust in the NFL. Two, will not be in a Denver Broncos jersey. And three, that's where I think Kyler Murray will go. Is he will be a Denver Broncos. Really? Why he Denver? Did. I don't what know. What Case Keenum? I, Case Keenum, at this point, is in the latter half of his career. He's jumped around the NFL too much. Um I don't know. I just I I I just foresee Kyler Murray in in Denver someday. So right now I, that's in the going with.
1: mock draft, it has oh this was last year's mock, uh, mock draft. <laughs> yeah, because it has Josh Allen and uh, all these guys. Oh no, this is right. This is right. It has number one Nick Bosa, right? Number two Josh Allen, number three Rashawn Gary, number four. Uh, is who is this Cleland Farrell number five Josh Jacobs number six Dwayne Haskins to the Giants number seven they need it Kyler yes. Murray to Jacksonville
0: yes that's what I just said
1: I don't know man Cliff Kingsbury though he's
0: did I say Jacksonville or the New York Giants? You did. You That's did. That's what I said. I he fits know. the Jacksonville Jaguars. It has Daniel scheme. Jones what,
1: what is going scheme? to Denver right do now. There's a guy a, like Blake, Blake
0: Bortles, who's more of a get outside the pocket, but he can't get outside the pocket like he showed a little bit in college when he was playing at UCF. He doesn't do that very well. They base a lot of their scheme on play action rollouts and the ability to make a quarterback be able to make a play with his feet. By getting receivers open, you've got to decide, right? If you're that, that linebacker playing in that hook-to-curl range, if you're going to come down and you're going to get Kyler Murray in the backfield or if you're going to lay back and let Kyler Murray get six yards, right, and then your receiver's going to get open. And with Leonard Fournette at the running back position, who I think if he can stay healthy is a perennial all-pro running back in this league – that opens up the play action so much more in their offense it with does. a tremendous running threat at quarterback in Kyler Murray. And you say he's going to so get a So
1: do you think if they got Kyler Murray, they'd be back in playoff conjunction? Yes, wow, yes just I just like do. that.
0: Their defense is so good. Leonard it, wasn't is a tremendous it wasn't that great last year. It because wasn't. Because they were on the field all the time. That's fair. Well, sure, they, were on the fe- they were on the field more than any other defense in the NFL all season long. If you look at the statistics, they were on the field more than any other defense all year. You want to know what defenses weren't on the field very much? Defenses like the Bears, defenses like the Patriots weren't on the field very much. So they can be spectacular because they don't have to play are you 35, saying, 40 minutes of defense a game. Are you
2: saying that Khalil Max' athleticism is based on him no, not being on the field? That's or, not what, at all what, what I'm was saying. That?
0: That defense looks so much C- that Cleo defense can, can play any
2: position on the field and be spectacular. I completely I, agree. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> but that defense can play at an even higher level than maybe a lot of people were <laughs> thought they were capable of because they don't have to be on the field very much, because guys like Tarek Cohen, guys like Mitch Trubisky did like a tremendous Cohen. job uh, of staying on the field, converting, getting points, long, sustained possessions to where the defense didn't have to be on the field 35, 40 minutes a game. You know, if we keep this up, we're going to talk about it. And this, know, no, hold, July,
1: and then, right? hold on though. And then for your Denver, mm-hmm. it has Daniel Jones, the quarterback from Duke, mm-hmm. and then it has Drew Locke going to Miami, right? At pick thirteen, right? So that's where it also all plays out. I don't know. I see. But,
2: I see Denver trading up to get that calamari. I think.
1: I think it's possible. That's crazy, man. It's he is a what it has right now a top ten pick in two different sports.
2: What a I mean, my God, what a beast! It's yeah. crazy because. <laughs> Last thing, before we knew he was switching to the NFL, he won the Heisman for no reason. Like he just won the Heisman. Do you think the Heisman had the, any like impact on him? Saying absolutely. Do you think if he wouldn't have won the Heisman, he would have stayed with baseball? Uh I don't know about that. I mean, they were a college I football think it playoff had team. Definitely a huge impact on. Absolutely. Him. I mean, be crowned the best player of college football while not even you know giving your life to football in general and declaring for the MLB draft. But and you know, clearly, I crazy. also
1: agree with what Logan said is that. Cl- with what this move shows me is that he just likes playing football more. I mean, he's great at both, you but this is what he him. loves
2: more. You can't blame him. No, I can't. Absolutely. I can't. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure the Oakland A's. I are hope he's not successful. Happy, well, but, no, <laughs> but,
1: but I mean, yeah. But I hope he does well. I mean, if he's making that move just on what he loves to do more, wish him luck.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, now we're going to get into the college basketball talk. We just talked Kyler Murray, Oklahoma running back, Big Twelve football player. We're going to keep it in the Big Twelve. Starting with our. Big 12 score and recap from last week, opening up top ranked team right now in the Big 12 is the number 14 Kansas Jayhawks and the Jayhawks had a busy week. I mean, they certainly did three games last week in six days and I mean, you kind of assumed they, I mean, and maybe they'd win those first two games and possibly drop the third. Well, they ended up dropping the first one and it was a huge, huge loss Losing to Kansas State in that one, 74-67. The Wildcats did what they've done all year long. They played tremendous defense. Kansas had 23 turnovers, shot 7 of 20 from behind the arc, while Kansas State, who is a team that struggled at times this season from behind the arc, shot 10 of 24. Dedrick Lawson had 18 points. He had 9 rebounds, 2 blocks, 2 steals, but had 4 turnovers, which, I mean, was really, really costly for all for all Kansas starters in this game. All five Jayhawks starters finished with at least two turnovers. <laughs> in the Jayhawks' next game, however, they played better, winning that one against Oklahoma State, 84-72. Kansas only had 15 turnovers, which is still not a great number, but it's eight less than they had against against K-State. Shot 50% from the field. Dedrick Lawson, 25 points, seven rebounds and five assists, and only had two turnovers. Okai Agbaji was... Phenomenal in that game and in their next game uh, last week. Finished with 23 points, 6 rebounds, 0 turnovers, and 36 minutes. This is a guy that was redshirted for the first yeah. half of the season and is now playing 36 minutes in a basketball game. So uh, just just remarkable turnaround for him and, and definitely proven that he can play at this level.
2: So something I uh, I saw while watching the Kansas... TCU matchup last night. This was Bill Self's first time starting four freshmen since the the season with Frank Mason, Andrew Wiggins, um, Joel Embiid, and um, gosh, I can't remember the last one. He plays for the Chicago Bulls now. But what a testament to Bill Self and the Kansas Jayhawks. I mean, really though, I, that, by no means should they have gone into you know Fort Worth and gone into overtime with TCU, but. Um, what, what it was? A, it was a tremendous, you know, going in with the Jayhawks going in overtime. I mean, with th- three of them being in foul trouble. I mean, and three of fouling out. Eventually, it was just it was it was crazy play. Wayne Seldon.
0: yes. Are you are talking about Wayne, Wayne Seldon. Yep.
1: Uh, yeah. you know, and really, this is a odd position for Ku to be in. They're usually not in this kind of position where they're having to fight for every single especially these road games. I mean, we saw last night, we saw what happened in Manhattan at Texas at Lexington, especially these road games like this at Ames earlier in the year. They're struggling. They're turning the ball over. It's a young team and this is something where and and that team you just mentioned with <laughs> Embiid, Wiggins, and Frank Mason, and all those NBA oh, Literally all of them NBA Perry players. Eldest,
0: Perry Ellis, Wayne Self. All, and all of those
1: these guys. guys right now for Bill Self and KU are not one and done. There's not one one and done freshman on this team right now. And that's something KU's usually not used to. They're used to having these young guys, but they're used to having these elite caliber young guys. So this is. A team where Bill Self, you're, he's really going to show off his coaching skills this season because they're not in first place in the conference. They struggle to win road games. They turn the ball over way too much. And you saw what he did last night, and you explain this. What happened with his best player in Dedrick Lawson?
2: So Bill Self got into an altercation with Dedrick Lawson. Gets his per, red per, per, face per, and gets all fired up. Absolutely. Out. Well, it
1: 's one of my favorite things to watch. Pretty early <laughs> in the
2: first half last night, um, Dedrick Lawson started playing – uh, for himself, and that's what I kind of took from it. And Bill Self didn't like that to know because he knows if they're going to win, especially in know, March, in, in March, you know, come back and try to reclaim, you know, this this Quentin Grimes, Devin Dotson, those guys have to play well, right? Especially and, with no Gerald Vick anymore. And so Dedrick Lawson got mad when Bill Self took him out of the game. Told him that you're sitting on the bench until you can figure it out. And he started throwing Gatorade cups. He knocked over a water cooler. I mean. He was off the edge in this one. Um, but, I mean, good for Bill Self on that, too. I mean, you take Dedrick Lawson. Don't mess with him. Right. You, <laughs> but you take Dedrick Lawson, who you know, is a Your huge, best player.
0: huge stud for the Jayhawks. He's the best player. Absolutely. He might be the big tall player of the year. And, oh, yeah.
2: And you, you sit him on the bench and say, hey, this is how we're going to play basketball. If you're not with me, then you know, see ya. And, uh, you don't want to be in his doghouse. Right. And so, oh, I, I thought that was crazy.
0: Yeah, Kansas, I mean, like you said, a lot of a lot of different moving parts in that TCU game. Fortunately, they come out on top in that one. 82-77 is the final. Okai was tremendous again. He finished with 20 points, 11 rebounds. Devon Dotson, however, was kind of the player of the game for Kansas. 25 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, but he had 6 turnovers. So, I mean... Five assists, six turnovers. It's below the 1.0's assist-to-turnover ratio, but 25 points and 10 rebounds. You'll take that sort of production if it ends in a victory, which it did for the Jayhawks. Second-highest-ranked team in the Big 12 right now is the 15th-ranked Texas Tech Red Raiders. Texas Tech took on two Big 12 opponents last week in West Virginia and Oklahoma, who are pretty much the cellar-dwellers right now in the conference. A combined 5 of 18... (laughs) right now at this point in the conference season. And Texas Tech did what they were supposed to do. They took care of business in those two. Against West Virginia, the Red Raiders held the Mountaineers to just 23% shooting, 19% from the three-point line, and forced 26 turnovers as Texas Tech rolled in that one to an 81-50 to win. And I had to mention this because I don't know if you guys saw it, did you guys see this tripping incident on the on the West Virginia bench where Logan Rout ends up getting ejected? Yes, that was like I don't. It was just kind of a quirky thing. It was very strange. I didn't notice it as the game was playing along, but then the officials go to the mo- the, the the monitor and they start checking it out, and they're showing the highlights on ESPN. And I was like, he really did. He just tripped the guy for no reason. <laughs> now, I mean, at this point, Texas Tech's it's up, up. twenty two yeah, points. Just... Frustration. Frustration, I suppose, with, with the way the season's gone for West Virginia. But, yeah, just a, a strange circumstance in that one. And then in Texas Tech's second matchup of the week against Oklahoma, another strong defensive performance with what might be, alongside Kansas State, the quote-unquote best defensive team in the Big 12. Oklahoma shot 21 of 58 from the field. Texas Tech blocked seven shots. They ended up winning that one by a score of 66 to 54.
1: Texas Tech and Kansas State are kind of in the same boat. Uh, They're going to play solid defense consistently. The question is, can they consistently score? Um, That's always going to be the struggle for both of these teams, really. And over these last two games, defense has been the key. But now you look into the remainder of their schedule... I mean, they play Baylor. It's a tough team to guard offensively. Kansas, TCU averages at 80 points a game, and then at Iowa State, your final game of the season, who you just uh, who also average around 80 points a game. So, and then when you get into March, you can rely on your defense absolutely, but somehow, some way, someone else has to step up and help Jarrett Culver, and that's what we've been saying all season long for Texas Tech and for them to stay up in that four-way tie for second
2: place in the Big 12. They're going to have to do it. So we were talking about Texas Tech's matchup with West Virginia, and I just want to open up this um, conversation piece. Um, West Virginia has lost ten of their or last twelve games, and that's yeah. dating. And that's dating back to. And I want to you know emphasize this: they were on a five-game losing streak coming into their game against the seventh-ranked Jayhawks at the time. Beat them 65 64 in Morgantown. And you know, as a West Virginia fan, you would think that you would think that (laughs) that that, turns yeah, yeah. that gives them a little, you know, juice to move on in their season. But then they turn around and lose three straight to Baylor. You know, Tennessee, number one team in the country. That's that's fair. (laughs) Um, Iowa State in Ames. And then, you know, they beat Oklahoma, but then they lose the next to Texas Tech and Texas. I mean, what is up with this Bob Huggins team? I just – I don't get
1: it. I don't know either because Logan asked the exact same question last week. And it's like this team just doesn't have the same kind of like passion and fight that they had when they had a – like Bob Huggins perfect in Javon Carter. Like they're missing that guy who you know is going to go out and make a play when you need it. They don't have that guy.
2: So it's just one clutch dude from their from their I, rosters. Is that what you're it, saying? Carter was more than just
1: like a clutch dude. He was the leader. Like He brought the energy. He brought the scoring, the defense. He fired up that team entirely. And I think they're just missing a leader on that team who says, let's go out and get it. Let's go out and – do what we did against Kansas and that's what's so surprising to me and I'm glad you said that is because that is what they typically do they go and beat a team that they shouldn't and it's out of nowhere and then they're like "All right, now we're going that's how we're going to play the rest of the season and they just don't have that same passion and I don't know
2: why Uh, it's I don't know. I guess that's how I, I don't know. And, and the road doesn't get any easier. Oh, absolutely not. In their next two games, they've got at Kansas and that, at home against Kansas State. So and then at Baylor and then home against TCU. That's brutal. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the top four teams of the conference it's, all it's, in a it's, row. It's crazy. <laughs> so I I just I had
0: to clear
2: up that real quick, but go ahead.
0: Our next highest ranked Big 12 team in a team that made a huge jump from out of the top 25 into the top 20, the number 18-ranked Kansas State Wildcats. You a little upset by that, Iowa? I, I'm a little bit upset by that, but I understand that, and that's something that, that I'll discuss a little bit more when we talk through the, the Iowa part of the recap. I, it, it's ridiculous to me as a, as, an, as a basketball fan and as an Iowa fan. It does kind of frustrate me, but I don't think it's because K-State is undeserving. I think they are deserving but that's it's not the Kansas State part that that irritates me. <laughs> Kansas State ranked 18th in the country right now, a monumental week for for the Wildcats, 2 and 0 last week against Kansas and Baylor. I mean, two teams that alongside Texas Tech, alongside Kansas State are the top 4 teams right now in the Big 12. So, I mean, just a huge week for them. They battled against Kansas the entire game, but it just kind of seemed like all forty minutes, Kansas State just seemed in control. It seemed like Kansas had this one the entire way. It was never it was close throughout, but it was never really in doubt. I guess you could say they just seemed comfortable, and the Jayhawks seemed completely uncomfortable as Kansas State ends up winning that one seventy four to sixty seven I believe right mm-hmm. I mean, and then against Baylor on Saturday, defense once again proved to be a huge factor, especially from the three-point line. Baylor was 6 of 24 from behind the arc. Kansas State shot 9 of 26. And for Kansas State, a tremendous job converting free-throw opportunities. Which is rare. 15 (laughs) 15 of 17 on the day for Kansas State as they, I mean, just skyrocket from out of the top 25 into the number 18 spot.
1: It was a great week to be a Wildcat fan, let me tell you. Um, First— going on back to Tuesday, um, that was a game where I think just honestly, truly experience made the difference. Kansas State knew that um, because it was the same game as last year with a different result. Um, Kansas struggles to guard man-to-man against Barry Brown and Dean Wade. Understandable. Um, And so they play zone. But this time, other than last year, Kansas State wasn't ready for it. Couldn't score. KU won. This time... Kansas State kind of weathered it a little bit, and then in the second half beat it, took control, forcing KU to go back to man, and then the game was over. Um, And so that's where it's – and forcing the turnovers against those young guards and Dotson and LeGerald-Vick just wasn't there at all. That that game on Tuesday is truly just experience. Um, But then the game on Saturday um, is just one of those games where it's first place, so there's a lot of – it's a big environment in Waco – and this is a team right now that I think behind these three seniors in Kamau Stokes, Dean Wade, and Barry Brown, they want this ring. They've wanted it since they've been freshmen. They've been, all of them have been starting since they've been freshmen. So they've had these three years now, and that's their goal. Um, and right now they're sitting in a pretty good spot.
0: Iowa State is our final Big 12 team currently in the top 25, coming in at number 23. The Cyclones had only one game last week. And it was certainly a rough one for the Cyclones losing to TCU <laughs> 92 to 83. And an interesting stat in this one for the, the TCU Horned Frogs this was their first road win against the top 25 since 1998. Oh, wow. I was born in 1998.
1: <laughs> Man, well, how can you give up 92 points on your home court? I mean, that's honestly pretty ridiculous. I mean, we know Iowa State can score, but where's the where's the defense at home? Come on, is Hilton Magic dead? It's one game. I would, <sighs> I, I would pump dead? the brakes. They've lost what two games at home
0: this season. So it just seems like down has the it, stretch has it Kansas lost two games at home this season?
2: I'm just saying, hmm. down the stretch, the Cyclones just seem to just just wither away like. I, I, they don't they don't put it together like most other Big Twelve teams do. And coming into March, I mean, they start so hot coming off um, summer workouts and into the basketball season. And I October, still think November. this is a team I don't want to see in March, though. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it's a toss up against Iowa. I just, it's just a thing. You're right. It's a thing with the Iowa schools. It's just which team are you going to get on any given night, and, yeah. and and that's the thing is that. You just you just don't know.
1: Well, if you give up ninety points, you're not going to beat anybody. I mean, really, there's nothing more you can really say about that.
0: And, and I mentioned <laughs> that that top twenty-five road win for TCU, first one since 1998. That's only the second in school history. So that road win in 1998 and that win against TCU or against Iowa State last week are their only two top twenty-five road wins in school history. Wow. So I mean, certainly <laughs> a, a deflating, a deflating thing to to think about if you're Iowa State. Like you said, defense was a huge struggle for the Cyclones. TCU shot 53% from the field, 44% from the three, while Iowa State shot 29% from three. Mariel Shayok was tremendous as he's been all year long for the Cyclones. 24 points, seven rebounds, but had five turnovers, and that's something that he he certainly needs to correct And, and for these for these Cyclones to continue to be successful. Moving now into the Big Ten, Michigan is our top-ranked Big Ten team right now, coming in at number six, moving up one spot in the latest AP poll. After a, a bit of a bounce-back week, I guess you could say, going 2-0 and with wins against Rutgers, and then a big win against Wisconsin. Against Rutgers, Ignis Brasdikis was was tremendous, 23 points, one of four Michigan players to finish the game in double figures. Rutgers actually played well for most of the game, but... They were, they were very limited on the perimeter. I think that was the, the big key in that one was they didn't have an opportunity to shoot very many three-pointers. They only shot th- 12 the entire day. They shot 4 of 12 from behind the arc compared to the Wolverines, who shot 9 of 23. So, I mean, that's a, that's a tremendous stat for the Wolverines. Against Wisconsin, defense was, was huge in that one as they held the Badgers to just 52 points and a 61-52 win. Ethan Happ had a good day, but certainly not his best. He had 18 points and 11 rebounds, which is tremendous. But for a guy that likes to do things in a lot of ways, only had one assist and had five turnovers, as the Wolverines did a tremendous job making him feel uncomfortable, mainly because uh, of the play uh, of John Teske. He was tremendous. Seven foot one, just a long frame, something uh, difficult for for guys like Ethan Happ and Nate Reavers to handle. He finished with 17 points, 12 rebounds, and 3 blocks. And, and he was tasked with guarding Happ for, for a lot of that game. So, I mean, they, they kind of let Brozdikas take Reavers at times, and Teske was kind of that low-post presence. And for Wisconsin, they only shot two free throws the entire game. <laughs> two. One for two from the free throw line. And only shot 12 three-pointers. It's not going to get you very many wins. Wow.
2: Well, what I think about <laughs> when I think about Michigan and this year specifically is that the reason why they're so hard to deal with is that they have so many um, people that can handle the basketball and that can score for them. I mean, you got, you got three players right off the bat in forward Ignis Brazikis, Jordan Poole is a guard, and Charles Matthews, another guard. 15, 13, and 13, all, you know, points per game. Um, And then John Teske right there with, you know, just averaging above nine. Um, Michigan knows how to spread the floor. They know how to pass the basketball, and they know how to find open shots and open looks. So um, this is a team that going down the stretch I think can be very difficult for some teams to beat because you got, I mean, you got, guys like Ignis Brazikis a forward that can play a five or he can play a stretch four. I mean he can he can shoot the basketball behind the three point line if and and he can you know finish down under the rim. So I think, you know, this Michigan's team is very intimidating and I think they got you know, they got a shot coming If you March. had to
1: choose right now who makes it farther in March, would you choose Michigan or Michigan State? Michigan. I'd also choose Michigan.
2: I think Michigan State's going to
1: run out of gas the What's the soon. What's the big difference that makes Michigan better than Michigan State
0: right now? For, for me, the thing that makes Michigan <clears throat> so tough and the thing that makes Michigan State predictable is Michigan State doesn't really have a stretch. They don't have a stretch four. They don't have a stretch five. Right? They've got Nick Ward and they've got Kenny Goins that are just big bodies down there that do a tremendous job. I mean, they, they're great players. They're great low-post presences. They can come out and hit the occasional 15-footer. But for the most part, they're just big bodies. They're down there to get offensive rebounds, set hard screens for guys like Cassius Winston. While Michigan has guys that can, that can handle that. They've got, I mean, a, a big guy at seven foot one like John Teske. And then they've got shooters all over the place. Ignis Brozdikas, Jordan Poole, Charles Matthews, Xavier Brasdikas Simpson. can
1: pull? Oh, Z- Brozdisic
0: can shoot the basketball f- for sure. Absolutely, he can. And you mentioned Brozdisic being able to play the five, being able to play the four. Brozdisic can play the three too, just as easily. And Xavier, he? he's about six eight, six seven. Okay. So I mean, he's not—he doesn't have tremendous size to play the five, but he's got that craftiness to be able to 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 utilize the the five position. And Xavier Simpson is just an X factor for Michigan, in my opinion. He's a guy that can do a little bit of everything. He can score, he can certainly pass, and he can also rebound. I mean, he had a triple-double two weeks ago. And and he just does such a good job of being able to do so many different things well for for the Wolverines.
2: I think that I'm going to go with Michigan as well, but here's the reason why is that it's what Michigan State lacks, rather oh. than what Michigan has, and I think the injury of Joshua Langford has really, really, really caused a big issue for Michigan State and Tom Izzo. I mean that. I mean he was the face of Michigan State basketball coming into this season before. Um, what did he do? Did he, it was an ankle I issue. Think it's wasn't an he? ankle issue? Yes. Yeah, and so he's out for the season. I mean, I would have said Michigan State has a chance to make a Final Four run if he was healthy, but. You know, I just, I don't, anymore. He, it's just not, it's not good enough for the Spartans to um, put it together without this big guard that they had. now they don't.
0: So speaking of the Spartans, they are our second highest ranked big 12, big 10 team right now. Excuse Both me. teams
1: are a two seed right now in bracketology. Mm-hmm.
0: They're currently number 11 in the AP top 25. And, and like we mentioned Spartans two games last week and definitely in those two games on opposite ends of the spectrum. Losing to Illinois and then getting blown out by Minnesota last week against the Illini, which I, I, I do just want to mention for a second the enigma that is the Illinois fighting <laughs> Illini. These, I mean, this is a team that, right, goes out and get, just beats the breaks off of Minnesota and then gets destroyed by Iowa. And then you come back, they beat Indiana. And then they go and they beat Michigan State. And then they go and they lose to Rutgers. And you're like, what is going on?
1: Are they young?
0: They are very young. And, I mean, Brad Underwood in in year two, I believe. Or is this year one as head coach? I think it's year two. two, I think so. I mean, this is just a team that's still trying to figure each other out a bit. So, I mean, but turnovers in that game were huge for, for Michigan State. They finished with 24, which led to 28 points off of turnovers for, for Illinois in that loss, which they come out on the lower end of 79-74. to 74. Against Minnesota, however, it was a completely different story. Nick Ward was dominant and completely shut down Jordan Murphy, who is arguably a, a first-team All-Big Ten type of player. Ward finishes with 22 points and 9 rebounds compared to just 5 points and 6 rebounds for Murphy. The Golden Gophers shot... 37% from the field, 16 turnovers, while the Spartans finished with only 9 in a 79-55 route. And that's the story. I mean, you could take a look, 24 turnovers against Illinois, and you lose by 5. 9 turnovers against Minnesota, and you win by almost 25. So, I mean, that's, that's almost a 30-point swing just in those 15 turnovers that they had during those two games.
2: You know what I think is crazy about the the Fighting Illini while we're on the subject? <laughs> I remember sitting in Logan's living room about a month and a half ago. Seriously, though. No. And this we were actually ta- we were talking about how the Fighting Illini could be the worst team in all of college basketball. And that the Northwest Missouri State men's basketball team <laughs> had a shot of competing with this squad. And now it's like totally flip-flop. Like I wouldn't, you know, I, I don't count them out of any game at this point. <laughs> You know, I'd, I'd see them going into a game earlier in the season. I'm like, okay, you know, Illinois, you know, that's that's a that's a clean win. You're going to get out of that place, you know, 15, 20 points win. And now I'm like, okay, they beat Michigan State. And like <laughs> Logan said, on? then they, then like they go Robinson, and lose the Rutgers. On? It's just – it's it's the Big Ten is a jumble right now. And I think that, you know, it's so deep and so talented that it just proves that anybody can beat anybody at any time. So – Yo, know, good for the fighting line high, First of all, <laughs> second of all, making it interesting, right? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, they're. I mean, they're five and eight in the Big Ten right now, which I know just do- doesn't sound great, but that they're middle of the pack. Their five right wins
2: now. are some of the best Big Ten wins yeah. of anybody. Yeah,
0: they beat Minnesota. They beat Maryland. I they mean, have the beat, beat Nebraska. Beat Michigan State. They beat record they've won three straight games. they you know?
1: have the second worst overall record in the big Ten, and yet they are above uh five teams in the big ten just in the conference stand,
0: including three what? teams, including three teams in Nebraska, Northwestern, and Indiana that all currently have winning records exactly <laughs> they are nine and fifteen and are higher in the big ten right now than three teams that have winning records on the year.
2: I give this team two years and they' they're they're a contender for. A Big Ten championship, wow. I think they're they're just so young right now. They're so talented, yeah, but they're they're just so young. And I okay, think okay. if when when those things mesh, they'll be scary.
0: What's very interesting to me is that, like, I, I I kind of has a what if sort of situation. If Mark Smith wouldn't have transferred, right? He's at Mizzou now, of course, but he was originally at Illinois and. I mean, he's been very, very good for Missouri. He's battled some injuries and things like that, but he's shot like 48% from the three-point line this season. If he's playing at Illinois right now, we might have a different conversation uh, about this Illinois team. But, I mean, yeah, just just a tremendous win by there by Illinois and just kind of a strange week for the Spartans. Purdue coming in one spot behind Michigan State at number 12. Purdue had one game last week and took full advantage, blowing out Nebraska 81-62. Carson Edwards, 50% from the field, a perfect 9-of-9 nine nine from, from the free throw line to lead all scores in that game with 27 points. Both teams did, did a good job of taking care of the basketball. Both teams only had eight turnovers, but what really was the, the key factor in this game was the Boilermakers' ability to take over on the glass, winning the rebounding battle on that one, 39-24. Grady Eifert had what I would call the perfect day. 16 points on 4-of-4 four four shooting, 2-of-2 two two from the three-point line, 6-of-6 six six from the free-throw line, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 steals, and a block without committing a single turnover and 29 minutes of play. So Grady Eifert's a guy that, uh, that not a pe- lot of people have talked about in the Big Ten, but he had a tremendous day to help lead Purdue to a big win against Nebraska.
1: Is Purdue the hottest team in the Big Ten right now? I mean, they've won eleven out of their last twelve games, and Carson Edwards is looking like the Big Ten Player of the Year right now. Do you think he'll get that title?
0: I That's don't. Hard.
2: I don't. Who will? It's is either it Ethan half right now. It's either going to be Ethan or it's going to be Bruno Fernando. I think. I don't. Is I that don't, the kid who plays for Maryland? Maryland. It's their. It's their five. Yeah. Um, you know, Purdue. I, I would totally agree with the hottest team in the Big Ten thing, though. Really, I think they are. I think they're the most dominant team in the Big Ten right now. They are on this, and it, what a, can they what, beat Michigan to win it? They could. I mean,
1: but Illinois beat Michigan State. So is that? I mean, <laughs> so is Michigan State out of it then? Do you not? Do you not no, think? No, they no, are?
2: that's that. That wasn't the point I was making. I was saying Purdue could beat anybody and also lose to anybody in the Big okay. Ten. So it's just it's very it's very. Um, very give and take on that. They don't have to play uh,
1: Michigan or Michigan State. They do not. It will come in the Big Ten tournament.
0: Yeah. And or
2: they
1: Wisconsin. already beat Michigan's.
0: Yeah. Or Wisconsin. They already played Wisconsin once this and, season and they and beat them. And same with so, Michigan State. I mean,
1: uh, they lost once to Michigan State, beat them once. Yeah.
0: Yep. So I mean, that'll be that'll certainly be interesting.
2: Purdue scary good coming into March. I wouldn't play them. No, I, I, I don't, him. don't <laughs> want to play either. Never
0: ever underestimate a Matt Painter coach team. Nope. Wisconsin coming in at number 20. They split their two games last week, defeating Minnesota on Wednesday night before falling to Michigan on Saturday. Against the Gophers, the Badgers played fairly, I mean, just tremendous defense as they have all year long, led by their bigs, especially in Ethan Happ and Nate Reavers. Minnesota shoots just one of 13 from the three-point line. Just for reference, that's 7.7%. From, from behind the arc. But for me, the most impressive defensive stat of this entire game was the fact that Nate Reavers finished with seven blocks to go along with nine points and eight rebounds. This man almost had a triple-double with blocks. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's, that's tremendous. And speaking of tremendous, Ethan Hap was, as he has been all year long, 15 points, 13 rebounds, dished out four assists. Do it all, Hap. Do it all, Hap.
2: Um, I like that. I do too. <laughs> I do too. Um, you know, in Wisconsin, you know, they have a they have a nice little matchup with Michigan Can State even have tonight. Can shoot threes when he's open. Okay. I don't. I don't see him knocking it over somebody with a hand in his face. But you know, I don't. I'm, I'm not. Gonna, I'm, not gonna count, I'm not I'm not going to count him out of hitting a three ball when he needs to. I think if you. If Wisconsin needed what somebody to score what makes him so much better than
1: everyone? What's his go-to thing? You know, and one thing you
2: look at and you are saying, "This is why Ethan Hap is better." This is why I think LeBron James is better is because he facilitates, and that's exactly what Ethan Hap does. It's not that Ethan, his basketball IQ. Absolutely, it's okay. Not. Ethan Hap. I like that. Ethan Hap doesn't always, you know, have that killer instinct to score the basketball twenty-four-seven. He isn't. He isn't the one that says, "Give it to me, let me take it." He's the one to get somebody else open by drawing attention over to him, and you know, finding that better, you know, better look and the better dish. So, I mean, I don't, yeah, that's what that's what I would say. I think Ethan Happ is a great asset for the Wisconsin Badgers team, and I think he could be a great asset on to, in an NBA roster someday. So, um, yeah, I, I'm an Ethan Happ fan.
0: Yeah, I think I, the biggest thing with Ethan Happ is his ability to facilitate, yep. like like you said. And this is a guy that you and I have had conversations about, Tucker. That this is a guy that played guard yep. for most of his childhood into high school. How tall is he? He's he's six foot ten now, but he was six foot three. Wow! At one point and had a, a massive growth spurt. So, so that helps
2: with his passing ability. Yes, the red shirt season at Wisconsin playing under Frank Kamansky helped him tremendously when they won that national title. He was on that roster. He was a red shirt freshman. Um, he was Frank's little protege, is what they would, awesome. they would
1: call it. But that's a good person to sit no, behind on the bench.
2: <laughs> he got he got in that weight room and they, they bulked him up along with his growing. That that was a plus. But um, no, he's turned into he's turned into a nice you know four or So for the Wisconsin Badgers.
0: All right, our final Big Ten team currently ranked in the top twenty-five is the number twenty-one Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa finished the week two and zero. Defeated Indiana on the road in Bloomington and then mounting a huge comeback to defeat Northwestern at home on Sunday. Against Indiana, and really in both games last week, Tyler Cook and Jordan Bohannon were, were kind of the story. Cook finished with 21 points, 7 rebounds and 4 assists, while Bohannon scored 25 points, including the last 11 for the Hawkeyes to go along with six assists and zero turnovers in a 77-72 victory over the Hoosiers. Then against Northwestern, the Wildcats gave the Hawkeyes everything they could handle. At one point, leading by 15 points with just under five minutes to go in the game, Cook finished with a double-double, 19 points, 11 rebounds. But really... Jordan Bohannon was the guy in this one. Jordan Bohannon had 15 points. A majority of those came in about the last three minutes or so of the ball game, including hitting the game winner with Iowa down 79-77. Hits that go-ahead three-pointer with just under a second to go in the ballgame. He also had three assists. Joe Wieskamp was tremendous, as was Isaiah Moss, as they finished with 21 points and 16 points, respectively. So... You asked earlier if I was a bit upset about Iowa being below Kansas State. I am, but not because of Kansas State. What upsets me is, right, the, the AP poll voters turn in their votes. They're due by 9 a.m. Monday morning. And so this was a late game, 5.30 start Sunday night, right? The game's ending right around seven thirty, eight o'clock. And so, with Iowa down 15 points with four minutes to go, they
2: did the the AP voters did what most Hawkeye fans did right. was shut off the TV and go on to something else because it was a show. I saw you tweeted Kyle Miller. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I did tweet at Kyle Miller.
0: <laughs> My father texted me. Um, I was officiating at the time. Tucker was actually giving me updates while I was uh, officiating on Sunday. Oh, what a great ref! You yeah. are, you know, yeah. Uh, just really I had into the to, game. I was. He into was the about game, to. Give, he was to be, about
2: yeah. to give someone the ball on the inbounds play, He's and I'm like, like, hold on a second. Jordan Bohannon just hit that three and said, we're up by one with point .3 seconds to play. He says, hold on a second.
0: What? <laughs> I, did, I, I may, may have been out of stop play for that. I might. Have. But, I mean, yeah. I eight, like thing. you said, the AP poll voters did the exact same thing. My dad left the room and went and stood in the bathroom for like 10 minutes because he didn't want to watch the game anymore. He didn't have to go to the restroom. He just stood in there. He just stood in the bathroom because he was so upset.
2: <laughs> I do that during a lot of Hawkeye football For about games. the last so 10 minutes of that game. So I'll turn I'll the TV what? off and I'll I just can't. go walk around the house and take a little chill. And yeah, yeah.
0: And but so <laughs> mom finishes watching the game and goes, hey... Um, they ended up winning, and he's like, you're lying. And he's like, no, he ended up winning. But, I mean, like you said, that's what the majority of the AP poll voters did. They saw Iowa down 15-4 minutes left, and they're like, okay, here's my AP. There, there, there's my vote. There's my poll. Go with it. And I think that came back to bite him a little bit. Right? I mean, I don't think Wisconsin losing to Michigan, they should not be ahead of us. Villanova lost. They should not be ahead of us. Kansas State with a huge Villanova win. lost to a pretty good team, though. They took Creighton to overtime and then lost their next game. Barely, That's not good. To a top ten team, don't care. Not good. Uh it, it matters.
2: Okay, here. So this is what I want to reiterate here, so I, uh, if we flash back to last show, right? Logan Weber took the Indiana Hoosiers to beat the Hawkeyes, right? Certainly did. Indeed. And, and I was close. The, win. I was the almost only, right. I was the only one in the room that took the Iowa Hawkeyes to win in Bloomington. Here we go. This win right here to me is way more impressive than the win we had over Michigan at home. the Indiana one?: No, the win the win over Indiana, yes, is more impressive to me than the Hawkeyes beating Michigan at Carver. That's interesting. We know we can win at home. I mean, we Barely. We have done it well, okay yeah we do it okay, is it win a win? Yes, yes. It, it okay, is. thank you. So we know we can win at home we've done it many times a season and we have beat teams that we are probably not supposed to at home this season going to bloomington there is no that is a very tough place to play first of all second of all and they were playing well at the time they were and you know Iowa has always had its struggles going on the road and playing in you know big 10 conference games but this this one right i mean i was very happy to see them get the win in this one yeah. because you know it's a it's a it's a morale booster in the locker room to say, we can win here. And, you know, if we're going to make the tournament like we're projected, we're not going to be playing on our home floor. So it's 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 going to be in a hostile environment every single game, every single week. So I,
0: I like it from the and, Hawks. And for me, you talk about struggling to win Big Ten games on the road. This is a huge win. I mean, I don't care if Indiana is 6-20. and 20. B- Assembly Hall is going to be rocking. Always. Assembly Hall... You could ask anybody Ask any former Big Ten player And they will all tell you the same thing What's the toughest environment to go into a road atmosphere and play In the Big Ten It's Assembly Hall really? Ten times out of ten I It was, is I was Assembly watching, Hall, Bloomington, Indiana
2: I was watching a uh, It's called The Journey It's out about Big Ten It was, They did a little special on Big Ten basketball And they were looking into the life and the family of Jordan Bohannon And his two older brothers Played at Wisconsin And they were Badgers His dad was the quarterback, Jordan Bohannon's dad, was the quarterback at Iowa back in the 90s?
0: He was the starting quarterback of that 1982 Rose Bowl team. Okay,
2: so back in the early 80s. And um, long story short, that was just a little background information, but long story short, both older brothers said, I'd take a game in East Lansing, I'd take a game in Ann Arbor, I'd take a game at Columbus, over a game in Bloomington in Assembly Hall. Because that is the most, the most. Why is that? I don't, you know, I don't know. I really, I, I mean, I, I can't. I it's can't. kind
0: of a strange, like, arena build, I, I would say. And I mean, not to, just the, the history behind it. And Indiana is basketball. Indiana is basketball, basketball, basketball. That, that, that I mean, they, football, eh, right? It is what it yeah, is. Baseball, yeah, yeah. eh. Basketball is where they hang their hat. Larry Bird, that's where they hang their hat. I mean, it, that's just the way it is Hoosiers. and I think that's why. That's yeah. correct. Fantastic movie by the it way. It is. It Certainly is. All right, do we want to take a break or do we want to just go ahead and move right into the game? Oh, I don't know. I'm ready to play. All right, I'm ready let's
2: to play. Do it. Put the me game in coach.
1: The game we we brought it. Put me it in back. where, Logan? Where do, where does where do you put me in coach?
0: Uh center field. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> well done. Thanks for bringing that back up. <laughs>
1: We need to play that game on oh, here yeah, sometimes. That'd be fun. <laughs>
2: oh,
0: geez. Yeah, we uh, we play this little game at, at the apartment. We uh, somebody is on their phone. They're playing songs, and the other two have to "quote unquote" buzz in, otherwise known as slap the couch <laughs> <laughs> and and guess the the name of the song and the singer. And of course, the song "Centerfield" by John Fogarty starts playing, and I slap. The couch and Logan, say, Logan "Put is me confident. in, Coach."
1: I mean, he says, "Game over, I win." Put oh. me in, Coach. I'm ready to play. John Fogerty, <laughs> <like>, nope.
0: Uh, <laughs> I ended up winning <laughs> anyway, so it's fine. We're gonna go in. We're gonna bring it back again this week. We didn't play last week, but it's back again now. We're playing. No place like home.
1: And Tucker and I are winning one to zero.
0: Tucker and Austin, of course, on a What's team together, it? taking on me by myself. <laughs> They won like that. the first of the semester, now it is ready for round two.
1: No, I won the first game of the f- last semester and then lost every other game after you that. You did, you so lost nine straight after that. A lot that. of pressure on this one, yeah. on game number two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, um, do you guys want to start or do you want me to start? You won, so you decide. We'll start. You'll, you want me to give it to you first? I'll, I will you... give it
2: to you first. Okay, sounds good. Okay, first one, we got Norris Cole.
0: Ooh, that's a
1: good one. Does he have both rings with Miami? He does. Yeah.
0: Okay. He played at a small school. And he got picked up by the Heat, like, right before the playoffs started. That Isn't first that so crazy wrong? that
2: you can get a ring even though being part of a team for... Six weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah. That is insane that to is. me. Well, like David Tollefson, my cousin that played for the Giants, yep. he, he got picked up during the wild card round yep. of the playoffs in that first that first Super Bowl run, and ended up getting a ring. He was a part there of the team go. for four weeks. Yeah.
1: Well, I remember when Anderson Varejao in the 2016 NBA Finals, he was going to get a ring either way because he played for Cleveland and then uh, Golden oh, State. Well, he's he got a
0: ring either Morris way. Chris Cole. I've got two names in my head, and I'm not sure either one of them is right. Murray State no sir what was it
2: Cleveland State University oh,
0: my other one was Norfolk State the Vikings Cleveland State that's a good mm. one alright Kent Bazemore <sighs> I don't know <laughs> don't
1: look at me I don't, don't know man. Kent Bazemore <laughs> he
2: went to a power 5 school no ok well, and then I'm totally off uh, <laughs> I don't know
0: Old Dominion oh,
2: man that, that is an interesting
1: that is yeah. interesting
0: I had, I had to pull out a tough one there alright
1: Next one we have is, and this is an this is an all timer. Okay, Chris Bosh.
0: Oh, Chris Bosh. Um, Chris also Bo- Chris, a Miami. I don't think Chris Bosh went to college. He did. Yeah, he went to like some technical school.
2: Yes, yes, he did. But it's a big technical school. Oh man! And it's not MIT. I promise. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure it's not.
0: <laughs> he did not go to MIT. I don't know.
2: <laughs> he went to Georgia Tech. Georgia Institute of Technology that is correct
0: what yep, you could have just said it... oh wow, we like right. to make
1: it real complicated.
0: How did I know it was a technical school, but I didn't know it was the technical school I'm so upset <laughs> he said
2: big technical oh, school man. what if i said if I said anything, I said go oh. tech oh
0: that's... what
2: would you Louisiana Tech if that's, <laughs> Is that what you're thinking wow. <laughs> wow i'm
0: I'm upset okay all right. All righty, um, my first all-timer, Rick Barry. Ooh.
1: Ooh, is he a Florida Gator? That's where his son played, Miami. Shoot, I'm sorry. Man, I really jumped t- the gun on that. Well, one. I know that's where his son played, yeah. so I assumed that he played in the same place, Miami. Yep, my fault. That's okay. I thought, <laughs> that,
0: I thought that was a really interesting one. I had to pull that one. Both out. zero and two. Yep, it's not good. It's not good so far.
2: Okay, third one we got. San Diego or San Antonio Spur Patrick Mills.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> you literally had like the same school last week with a different player that he played with.
1: I think maybe I I did, we did yeah. yeah. You did. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it.
0: <laughs> and um
2: Southern Miss. That is what you guessed last week as well. It is yeah. St. Saint, Saint Mary's College. Saint,
0: yeah, that's where yep. that's where uh, is it Delvidova played? Yep. Yeah. 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 That's right. Darn it. All right, this one's kind of an easy one. Um Isaiah Thomas. Washington. Yeah. I was kind right. of ho- I was kind of hoping I might trip somebody up, somebody would accidentally just sc- blurt out Indiana. I, uh,
2: Florida Gators.
0: Yeah, well, I, really, I just didn't know, like, Isaiah Thomas, was right like, state. Pistons, bad that's boys, fair. Isaiah Thomas. I thought somebody was going to be like, Indiana. Ooh, nope, that's Washington, true. wrong
1: one. That's true. Um, pro- pro-
2: you, this this is was one- a very interesting pick, I thought. Really? Me, when you you put think put he'll this get this? Here.
1: Okay. Uh, he might. Dikembe Mutombo.
0: I honestly didn't think that dude played college basketball.
1: Really? Really. He did.
2: Clue?
0: Is it, a, I mean, there's no way it's a no. power five.
2: No. No, no
0: way. Not a power five. Sure, I'll take a clue. Good well, and yes.
2: I, I don't know if we should give him a clue, to be honest with you. Because the <sighs> clue I was going to give him would throw it off. I mean, it would just give it away. How? Just, if, do you have a guess? No. Okay, so it, it's Georgetown. What was the clue you were going to give him? Georgetown. Where Allen yep. Iverson played basketball. Matumbo went to Georgetown. Indeed, he was a Hoya. What? <laughs> N-
0: <laughs>
1: wow! No, no, no! I, not, <laughs> I thought he'd get that one.
0: No idea. I did too. I thought I he just, would get that one too. I didn't. I did not assume Matumbo played college basketball. Yeah. I really didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Chauncey Billups, Colorado. You had that on your list.
1: Yeah, then. we did. But I really actually, I also that. knew that Dang. the reason, the reason that he chose Colorado is because Paul Pierce chose Kansas, or else he would have went to KU. But since Paul Pierce went to KU, he was like, nah, I'm not going to go to KU and play with Paul Pierce because won't get the same amount of spotlight. So he went to Colorado
2: and balled out. Where did Paul Pierce go to high school? I have no idea. Was he? A, he's not a Kansas native, is no, he? No, he's no I don't think so. I'm pretty
0: sure he's from Cali. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's from California.
2: Hmm.
0: All right. So that cancels out. Yep. Uh, let's
1: see. Uh, you're next. Rodney Stuckey,
0: oh my goodness, wow! I don't know who that is. If I'm being completely honest, <sighs> Rodney Stuckey played for the Pistons. He had his like his one or two good years that he ever had <laughs> with the Pistons.
1: Who does he play for now? Is he current, or is this the guy you said is just re- like no, no, no? Rest- no. The,
2: this guy plays for um, the Indiana, Indiana Pacers.
0: Currently, at the age of thirty, Stuckey, please. Non-Power 5? Here's a non-Power 5. Oh, my. Um, I mean, it's a non-Power 5. I'm assuming it's, like, not a, a, not a one, basketball <laughs> power, right? This is not a basketball power. It is not.
2: But they are very – this is your clue for this one. Okay. They're very famous for something in the sport of football.
0: Very famous in the sport of football.
2: Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the only college in all of college football oh, to, to do this—I think I know.
1: I know. Yeah, I know what he's
0: talking about. Oh my! I—I um, I don't even know what they could. What? What small <laughs> Division One school could have done? Boise State. Wow, Boise State. Was that's a good guess. Guess. Wow,
2: that's a good Eastern guess. Wow, that's good. guess. Eastern Washington has red turf.
0: Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, okay. So that was a good guess. That was a good guess. I went Boise State because I was like, ah. Uh, yeah, it's odd. They have blue turf. The, the they Smurf won a BCS turf. bowl yeah, game. Yeah. I just like Boy, the red,
1: yeah, that's both just that's so tough. bad.
2: It is. I mean, is especially when they
1: wear the red on red jerseys. What?
2: Okay, right. stop for a second. Oh, what did you think about TCU's court last night? That is the first time I've ever seen that. With really? the, the horn Frog scales on it. Do you like it? That is awesome. Really? I don't think I like <clears> the red or blue turf, but... Because it messes with your eyes too much. Do you much, like I would Oregon's think. basketball court? With the trees? Yeah. I love. Or is that too much? No, I actually kind of like TCU's Oregon court. Oregon crossed the too much line a long time ago. So I think <laughs> if they're. <laughs> If they're going to keep just going keep going At this point, you might as well just embrace yeah. it. Yeah. Really.
1: I like TCU's court. I do I too. Do. But it, they released that over the summer mm-hmm. when I was with eight ten, and those guys just hated it. Really? So, so I felt – I'm glad you said that because I felt like I was the only one who actually kind of liked it. I like. it. Because they hated it. I like it. I do too.
0: I'm not going to lie. I like Boise State's turf. The Eastern Washington turf bothers me. The red is a little bit too bright. Yeah. But the blue doesn't bother me as much. The blue doesn't, like, hurt my eyes. Right? It's not as – it's not as – Pungent. The I guess red you is could awful. say. It,
2: it's 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 right. potent. Yep. Jay Crowder. Oh, Ooh. that's that's a good one. Did you put any Power Fives on your list?
0: Yeah, I did. Okay.
1: This is not one of them.
0: What do you mean Colorado and Miami are both Power Fives. I'm just I'm just asking. I had multiple Power Fives. We, this we, is not we, a Power we, Five. No. I
2: I didn't think it was (laughs) Well that's tough Jay Crowder Is he mm, I don't know I feel like he came somewhere out of the east Yeah Dang. That's not a real definitive answer. Yeah, because he said Texas was in the Midwest last week, so I don't, I don't really trust <laughs> That's his true geogra- it's directional. Geog- geographical skills. I'm just getting
0: called out. It's cardinal directions. <laughs> so hard.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't
0: know either. Where Mar- do you go to Marquette?
2: Oh, he went to Marquette. Golden Eagle. Dang. Dang.
0: I knew, that was, I knew that was kind of going to be a good one. All right. He'll get this one. I hope so. I haven't got one yet, so I'm currently down two to zero. Uh, correct.
1: Yeah, that's uh, Rashid Wallace.
0: Oh my! Wow. wow, he doesn't know. I thought he is it, a- of... is it an ACC school. It is. Yes. Is it North Carolina? Yes. It is Okay. Nice. I that was what a... that was what first popped into my head, but I was like, did he really go to North? Like I don't know. Indeed. All right. Two to... to one. I had to had to check there. Julius Irving. The Dr. doctor. J. Wow. Cradle at home. The doctor. Mm. My dad's all-time favorite NBA player.
1: I like when he's a guest appearance in the office.
0: <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> um.
2: Wow. You don't know this? Julius Irving. I, I was sorry. I was looking up our next player to uh, – to get some stats on him because i put it in and i i probably shouldn't put it in because i didn't know much about him but uh julius irving came from a very small school i think right
0: yeah uh yeah yeah yeah
2: east coast too yeah yeah okay. but it, it's not an acc school no
0: Oh, you just said it was a small, small school. I'm just,
2: hey, this is just my thinking thought out loud. Thought process. process. schools aren't small. <laughs> He's trying to throw me off right now.
1: <laughs> I like your thought process.
2: Um, who? Julius Irving. For some reason, UMass pulls me, but I don't, I don't know if that's it or not. That's the small school that <sighs> like jumps Rhode right Island, out Rhode Island, maybe? It could be Rhode Island, but UMass just pulls me for some reason, right, but I, I, don't, I don't know. No, let's go. Let's go with it. UMass, yeah. Unbelievable,
0: how, dude? How has he looked it up on his how? computer? I don't buy it for a second. <laughs> I saw it change. I saw the computer screen change on your. Because glasses. I was
2: looking up my next player. I you don't ready? believe you. You ready? Yeah. Wow. How did you do that? J.J. Berea. That's who I, I, I was didn't looking even up. know he
0: played college basketball. Hmm. I don't know.
2: Oh man, this is what I was looking up. I was looking up where this college actually was because there was multiple. This is not a very um, specific name college. Oh, it's a directional, school. That's a,
0: that's a directional school. It's non-Power 5. That's correct. It is. Oh, my. South?
1: No. Oh, God. We can't give you too many directions. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I gave you like <laughs> 700 the other week.
1: Yeah, but this is a directional school. This is
2: a directional <laughs> school.
0: <laughs> Western Kentucky.
2: No. Oh. The, <laughs> it's literally Northeastern College. Yeah. <laughs> when we say direction, located it's literally... in New England.
0: Okay.
1: I was not going to get that. How did you? i am still stuck on the Dude. Dr. J.
2: That was impressive. Right Dr. There, so. J is a huge name in the NBA. He is. He is.
0: What a JJ pole.
2: Brea is not.
0: <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. I had to put it on the list. All right. I don't know about this one. Danny Green.
2: Mmm is that power 5? Yeah. Danny Green. That's tough. I want to say it's like pack 12, but I don't know. Like, why why are you pulled pack 12? I don't know. Cuz I was definitely not pulled pack 12, really? but that I I I don't have a clue in the slightest, so don't listen to me on this one. I if you have a guess, I throw don't. It out. I, I was going to guess Utah, but I don't. I don't think that's right. North Carolina, yeah. Who's an mm. ACC
1: school? Really? Yeah. It's interesting. That's, UNC. It's unfortunate. Um. So we both had a couple UNC's on there. Um. Our next. We one, only got two left since we threw out. Uh, Chauncey g- Chauncey Billups. Okay. So. And was it three to one? Yep. Our next one, you'll probably get this. Uh
0: Oh, so you guys threw out Chauncey Billups? Yes. So yeah. You guys only got two right. We're only at two? Yeah. Isaiah Thomas and Julie Serving. Okay. I counted Chauncey Billups that's as your third, but that, I didn't oh, know we oh, that, that, that out.
2: That's fair. We okay, threw it. We okay threw yeah, it. that's
1: fair. Um, Reggie Miller.
0: USC. Cal. Cal. Good, good, close. Oh, his sister played at USC. <laughs> oh, my How do you goodness. know that? Because his sister might be the greatest college female college basketball player ever. She scored 100 in a high school game. (laughs) Man, that's tough. Reggie Miller has always said his sister was better than he was. That's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. Oh, that's that's so angry.
1: He should have got that (laughs) that's a costly one. You could have tied it up right there. I could have. And this last now it's coming down to it. Okay, we can put this thing on ice right
0: here. Jerry Lucas. I don't know who that is. No, I don't know. Jerry Lucas? You don't know who Jerry Lucas is? Never heard of that name in in my life. Oh, my God. I
1: also am unaware of Jerry Lucas. Where did he go to school?
0: Jerry Lucas went to Ohio State. Ohio State? Yeah, and he's considered the best player to ever play in the Big Ten. All time. Jerry Lucas. Come on, NBA Big Ten. NBA champion, 1973 with the Knicks, seven-time All-Star, three-time first-team All-NBA, nba Second, two-time All NBA Second Team, 1964 NBA Rookie of the okay. Year,
1: two-time okay.
0: AP Player of the Year, three-time Consensus First Team All-American, Congrats. two-time Mister Basketball in the United States. Wow! I can't believe you don't know who Jerry Lucas is. That makes See a sick. white guy? Yes. He sounds like a white guy. Wow! All
2: right, last one we got for you. Okay. And this is the tie it up here. Let's get it. Chris Humphreys, Florida. No, Chris Humphreys is the only Golden Gopher to ever be drafted in the NBA. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah,
0: Minnesota. That's about right. Golden Gopher. Wow. He was the 14th pick of the. No way that He was a first rounder, right? Hold on. Because he was terrible. He was terrible is, at Minnesota? Yeah. Round he was
2: one, 14th in overall. In the NBA. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. That's
0: that's pitiful.
2: By the... Uh,
0: who drafted him here?
2: The Atlanta Hawks. He's considered one of the best Atlanta Hawks of all players of all time.
0: How? I don't think that dude ever averaged double figures in a season.
2: I don't know. He'd also played in the NBA for the Utah Jazz, Toronto Raptors, Dallas Mavericks, New Jersey, Brooklyn <laughs> Nets, Boston Celtics, Washington Wizards, and Phoenix Suns.
0: Okay, he's played, he's played for half the NBA. All right, so that was you guys. That was the last one, right? Yes, mm-hmm. oh, man. Two to one. That was a terrible was week, a, gentlemen. What, we, I, or was it a
1: good week? Because we both like both stumped each other.
0: I'm still calling collusion on the UMass one with Julius Irving, but that's fine. Doctor J is one of the <laughs> biggest NBA players ever. I know. Oh my god! But as soon as I said it, you could you didn't get it like the look on your face, and then you started to get on your computer and it to just look seemed, up
2: JJ hey, Barea. Man,
0: it seemed very it seemed very suspect to me. So that's all I'm saying.
2: Good news is you're a sports media major and not an FBI investigator because
0: you are not good at it. Oh, that's hurtful. I'm very angry. All right, we're gonna take a short break. We're gonna come back do weekly preview. Got about 45 minutes left of the show, so stay tuned. You're listening to Tuesday Takeover on KZLX.
2: KZLX LP Maryville. I didn't see that coming.
0: Just finished "No Place Like Home." Kind of a rough week. Uh, didn't seem like anybody was fairly confident in their guesses, but uh, Tucker and, and Austin for the dream team t- two and zero. Yeah. yeah,
1: let's see. It's going to stay that way.
0: Maybe I'll maybe I'll bring in somebody next week. That way we can go two <laughs> v two. And maybe we'll get some fair play out here. All right, moving now into our weekly preview, starting with college game day. ESPN College Game Day is coming back to Lexington to going to another Kentucky game. I mean, going to be a definitely the the most high high highly I guess anticipated game in college basketball this week. Number 1 Kentucky, number number 1 Tennessee, I should say, number 5 Kentucky. Of course, that's already a rivalry game to begin with, but I mean, now that both of these teams are currently in the top 5, I mean, this is this is definitely going to be a, an interesting one. So, um you put a lot of the a lot of information on here, Austin. You go ahead and go through. Well, it for the us. thing
1: that makes this like kinda interesting is these teams have played more like these teams have played each other longer than any other SEC team in the entire conference. So they're hosting the game day back where Kentucky used to play in their old stadium in uh, Memorial Coliseum, which was their home from 1950 to 1976. And that's where the Kentucky women's basketball team plays. So that's where they're doing the game day. Is, and they're going to show a bunch of like highlights from back in the like, 60s of these two teams playing against each other. Um, and then they're also going to talk about uh, in 2010, which is the last time these two teams met in college game day, um, It was John Calipari's first uh, game or first season at Kentucky. um, And Kentucky won that game 73 to 62. This game, on the other hand, ah, I'm going to pick Tennessee. I really think just overall, and I've been saying this, and we talked about it last week who's the best team, most consistent team in college basketball? We don't know necessarily if they're going to win it all. But I'm I really like Tennessee. And I'm going to pick them to win this game in a battle for the top of the SEC. You want
0: to go?
2: Yeah. Um, I'm going to go right with you here, and that's really? and I I like Tennessee here too. Um, I just think that Kentucky. I don't think they can play with Tennessee. I really don't. Not many can, honestly. Not not this year, and I think. I think Tennessee has a great, you know, great four five, and I think that they're going to dominate the boards like they normally do. Um, but I think it's going to be a closer game than a lot of people think it will. Do you think the kid on game day will hit the half
1: court shot like they did at Virginia? just? Yeah, that, that was insane. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, do You know how hype that would be that to be in crazy. a full stadium like that, hit a half court shot, win eighteen grand. Good, God. eighteen grand. Just just one shot. One shot. Eighteen grand. Boom. That's amazing.
2: But, uh, no, I like Tennessee in this one. I think they can run with the Wildcats. I think they're going to run the Wildcats. And I think, you know. I, you don't I, think it'll
1: be close? I think it'll be close.
2: Well, um, I, I think I mean, they're Tennessee, on the road. Well, yeah, but the way these Tennessee, you know, games come down to it, the, the, the space in between um, the win margin usually comes from fouling at the end. And so That's fair. I think this game's going to be a 5 to 7 game. So you think Tennessee's going to gonna be in
1: control the whole time
2: and it could end up being like Well, I I don't know the whole time. I think Kentucky and them will go back and forth for about 20 minutes, but Tennessee is just the more experienced team and I think I think they'll get the job done in Kentucky.
0: I'm going to pick Kentucky. Wow. Um, I'm taking Kentucky game day in Rupp Arena. That place is going to be insane. I mean, nobody, nobody in that arena is going to be sitting. Not a single person. You got the number one team in the country coming into your house. You have Which the number five team they're not in really the country used to hosting a no, higher ranked team. Typically, they are the higher ranked team, yeah. and so that's gonna that's gonna be a huge, huge key. And for me, PJ Washington is going to be the key in this game. He typically is for Kentucky, but for this game especially because he is a matchup nightmare. This is a guy at six foot eight who. Is a ball handler for the most part. I mean, he plays so tremendously well on the perimeter, where you you've got to put a guy like Grant Williams or Admiral Schofield How on that line. How stop times. Grant
1: Williams though?
0: I mean, they'll they'll be fine. EJ Montgomery's a big guy. Nick Richards is a big guy. I mean, they've got big bodies that can that can handle down there. PJ Washington certainly by himself can also handle himself down in the low block. So I mean. This is a team that, while very young compared to this Tennessee team, I think that that can kind of play a role in that one in a positive way a little bit. Get some of that reinforcement from the crowd. Like, hey guys, we can go do this. And I think that's what's going to put Kentucky over the top.
2: Man, the next AP poll, Logan has a new number one team. Is that Duke? Yeah. Duke's back at number one.
0: Yeah, I think Duke should probably be at number one right now. I mean, that was an
2: impressive win over Virginia. It was. I will say it was.
1: I saw this crazy stat: Virginia over the past year has lost to uh, Duke twice, UMBC once, and no one else over the past 365 days. That is crazy, right there. It's an impressive Duke stat. twice, UMBC once, and no one else. Unbelievable. It's insane.
0: <laughs> Moving now into the Big Twelve games coming up tonight number 18 Kansas State travels to Austin taking on the Longhorns now Texas has definitely looked better as of late continuing hopefully a a winning trend that has been the case as of late they've won three of their last four and they have like you like you put in the in the notes here Austin an uncanny ability to beat ranked teams on their home floor and while last time the Wildcats played Texas, they did not have Dean Wade. They did not have Kamau Stokes. In that loss to Texas, they both since returned, and Kansas State has played very, very well as of late. Currently the top team in the Big 12 right now, according to record. But is that Cartier Adara? Yeah, Diara. Okay. Yeah, Jar. Who did not, he did not make the trip. He was the one who had the windmill dunk against KU. He's their oh. sixth man, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was it? Yeah, I'm not going to discuss that dunk because that was disrespectful.
1: No, the windmill dunk was fine. The dunk at the end by Barry Brown is the one you think that was disrespectful. Yeah, the The windmill dunk after he
2: fouled the guy on the inbounds pass. I don't think
1: it was a foul, but let's just not. Of course,
2: K-State fan doesn't think it was a foul. Okay. Homer
1: (laughs) alert.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, like we said, Jara requiring surgery on his shooting hand, which, I mean, he'll be out for a majority of the season, if not the entire season. I mean, like... One of their top perimeter defenders, so that's that's definitely going to be a tough one. But for me, I still think Kansas State's a better team. I think you can a guy like Barry Brown, somebody could contain Kerwin Roach a little bit. Dean Wade is going to be tremendous in the low block. I like Kansas State.
1: We've seen over the last two games now, Kansas State is not letting last three games really have not really allowed the other teams to shoot the ball well from the perimeter. Um, and, and I really think it's going to be tough uh, for Texas to try and stop Dean Wade because this is a guy they haven't played yet this season. I mean, the first time they met, they, they didn't get to see him or Kamau Stokes for that matter. So K-State should have an edge in this game tonight, but this isn't an easy one. Um, but I'm going to take Kansas State as well.
2: I'm taking Texas in this one. I think Herman Roach, he's averaging 14.8 points per game. Jackson Hayes is averaging 10.5. Matt Coleman the third's averaging 10. Dylan Osetkowski is averaging ten, and then the you know another Garden Courtney Ramey is averaging eight, and I think you know, I don't know if Kansas has enough firepower to run with the. If the game was in Manhattan, I think it'd be totally different. But I think Texas just has a vendetta on their home floor, and I think they do. I think I think they can come out with this win tonight. I'm taking the
0: Longhorns. Moving now to Wednesday's games, tomorrow's games, I should say. Number fifteen, Texas Tech at Oklahoma State. Cowboys have allowed 70 points a game this season. They're gonna need to step up a defense their defense in order to compete with a defense as tremendous as Texas Tech's and a guy like Jarrett Culver to to lead that that Red Raiders team. Texas Tech has won four of their last five games. Because of that, because of their momentum, and I just think that Oklahoma State is not as talented as this Texas Tech team, I'm going to take the Red Raiders.
1: We saw how much Oklahoma State struggled against a strong defense in Kansas State. I think this will be more of the same. Texas Tech is just going to out-physical them, making them turn it over. Oklahoma State's a team that likes to shoot a lot of threes. They're not going to be able to get a lot of good looks off, Um, and so I like Texas Tech as well
2: go Red Raiders. Oh, for thing I mean, a I I thought mean thought you I, to go opposite I, 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 again. No no, uh, no, no, I, no. You I got, to go I, got again. I got Texas Tech in this <laughs> one. I don't think Oklahoma State has much left in the tank for the rest of the season. And I think Texas Tech is playing well. I mean they didn't play, you know, they didn't play as well against Kansas a couple weeks was that a couple weeks ago? In the fog. That's a reasonable. <laughs> Absolutely. And and, and that, you know, that can be explained, but I think Texas Tech has a lot of a lot of shooters. They can run, you know, they run fast or across the court. Um, Good transition defense. Uh, I like Texas Tech in this one.
0: My
1: mom texted me and said she's shocked I picked K State to win.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we are. (laughs) Moving now to Saturday, Baylor at number fifteen, Texas Tech. A huge game for both of these teams to stay in in the race i guess you could say <laughs> for the big tie. 12 yeah, yeah. <laughs> four way tie right now for second in the big 12 i'm going to take baylor this is this is a baylor team that has definitely had their fair share of struggles recently they've lost two of their last three games they lost at texas they lost at home to kansas state and then of course they won their last game against Oklahoma, but scored only 59 points and a 59-53 win. So offense has been kind of their Achilles heel the last three games, but this is a a Baylor team that has shown they can play very, very well. They can play at a high level. They can play at the top tier of the Big 12, and Texas Tech's their only game this week. They have a full week to prepare for this Texas Tech team, while Texas Tech has to first prepare for their game Wednesday before that Saturday matchup. Because of that, I'm going to take Baylor.
1: Um, I'm also going to take Baylor. Um, the, the the thing that kind of concerns me a little bit is that Makai Mason is just coming off of an injury. He didn't play against Kansas State. Um, he played last night against Oklahoma, but really didn't play well. He went 2-for-14 from the floor, 6 points, uh, 2 turnovers. Um, so I think a key for him in this... Long four days before they uh, travel to Lubbock will be f- to get healthy, get back healthy. So I actually like Baylor as well. It, they're just they have these freaks. I don't know where they get them. These long guys, and they play that zone that's really hard to get penetrated against because they're so long. They make you turn it over. So I like Baylor as well. That's gonna. I think that could be a low scoring game though.
2: This game for me is more of a dependency game, and and that's going to be on you know Texas Tech guard Jarrett Jarrett Culver, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this dude is averaging seventeen point six per game and six rebounds. And if he can, if He's he if he can find the bottom of the net for Texas Tech um, at Baylor, and you know, taking into consideration the Oklahoma State game, I don't think this Oklahoma State game is going to be much of a test for Texas Tech. I think they're going to you know run Oklahoma State out of the gym, yeah. but i i don't I don't think they'll have any any problem preparing for this Baylor game because. Texas Tech and by this point in the season, most basketball teams have really figured out who they are and what their strengths are and they're going to, you know, solidify and concrete those things before changing them up, changing them up to um to prepare for upcoming teams. So um I like Texas Tech in this one. I think I think Jarrett Culver's going to have a nice, you know, a nice 15 17, 17 point game. Um yeah, I like the Red Raiders.
0: West Virginia at number 14 Kansas Jayhawks look to continue to stay in the hunt for a Big 12 title, extend that conference title winning streak for I mean right now at 15 continuing to to possibly get that up to 16 games, 16 straight seasons I should say in a row winning the Big 12 regular season title, but this is a team that has definitely struggled and West Virginia's <laughs> already got a win Uh, West Virginia already has a win over Kansas But with this one being in the fog With West Virginia playing as poorly as they have So far in this Big 12 stretch Like Tucker already put in our notes (laughs) here I'm going to go ahead and take Kansas
1: I'm not going to pick against Kansas At the fog and they're not going to lose This uh, team twice in the same season Let's
0: keep it short and simple. You wrote it down so fast. (laughs) Number 23, Iowa State, at number 18, Kansas State. It's a top 25 matchup in the Big 12. Cyclones looking to get a little bit of revenge, I guess you could say, against the Wildcats. Of course, Barry Brown hit a big buzzer beater in Ames to beat the Cyclones in early January. Iowa State, another one of those teams right now, trying to stay in that four way tie for second, hopefully, possibly make a push to dethrone Kansas State late in the year and get themselves that Big 12 regular season title. Ooh, this is a hard one. It is. Um, Yeah, if one of you want to go first, go ahead.
1: I think at home is going to be an advantage for K-State in this one because we talked about how successful Iowa State is on offense. Um, I think on the road, as well as Kansas State's defense, has been playing of recent um, will be tough. I think Kansas State is, again, going to find a way, like they did the first time, kind of slow down Shayok, force Wigington into some turnovers. Um, and Dean Wade, he did not have a big game against Iowa State. That was his first game back in co- in the conference coming off of his injury. He did not have a big game against Iowa State the first time these teams met. I think it's going to be a different story the second time around.
0: I am going – I think I'm going to take Iowa State in this one. Iowa State – um, this is a team, like, you, like, we, like we mentioned during the, the preview here, he, they played well against Kansas State the first time, had an opportunity to win the game, didn't necessarily win the game. You mentioned Dean Wade kind of coming back from his injury. Lindell Wickington was doing more of the same for Iowa State. And Iowa State is a team that just lost to TCU. I mean, they just lost at home to TCU a huge wake-up call. I think, for for this Iowa State Cyclone basketball team, I think they're going to come out with a little bit of anger, losing their last game, losing at home to Kansas State earlier in the year, a game that they possibly think they should have won, and I think that's going to put them over the top and will help them win this game.
2: For me, this game is also dependent on tonight's game with Kansas State. Okay. I think if Kansas State goes to Austin and loses, there's no way they're losing to Iowa State at home. Now, if K-State goes into Austin and wins, there's a bigger chance for this little Iowa State, Shayok, you know, having a bucket type of night. Um, but if there's anything that I've learned being friends with Mr. Austin <laughs> McNorton over the last semester and a half is to uh, never doubt them Wildcats. So I'm, I'm, going, I'm going Kansas State or Iowa, over Iowa State. Um, You're picking against K-State I, tonight. What do you mean doubt the Wildcats? You're picking Texas tonight. Texas is good. Iowa State and is... But Iowa State's I, not. Iowa State's... I just feel like Iowa State's choking down the stretch. I don't... Yeah, the last I game showed me a lot. I, I don't know what's going on with Iowa State. Also... Can't play defense. I'm not... I'm not... Yeah. I mean, in the, that's the thing is I'm not convinced on their defensive skills. And Kansas State has proven that they, you know, they know how to guard. Um, they held Iowa State to 58 the last time they Absolutely. <laughs> and if... In, That that's the way that Kansas State is going to beat teams. It's that they're going to hold them to enough to where they can you know they can outscore them, rather than just you know out score and score and score and score like ninety two to eighty three, (laughs) right? And so, but I like the Wildcats in this one.
0: All right, moving now into the Big Ten, starting with tonight's games. Number twelve Purdue at number twenty four Maryland. Another top twenty five matchup this week. Two uh, of. The Big Ten's top point guards uh, on display tonight. And Carson Edwards and Anthony Cohen in College Park. That could definitely play a role. Purdue is certainly probably the hottest team in the Big Ten right now. Playing at at just an unreal level. Both of these teams currently in that top four Mm -hmm. position. Trying to get that double bye in the Big Ten tournament. And this game could certainly come down to, to those two guys. Edwards is, of course, leading the Big Ten in scoring 24, almost 25 points a game. Cohen averaging 16 points a game and four and a half assists. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm going to take Purdue. In this one, Purdue has just played so, so well as of late. Carson Edwards, like we mentioned, has just been tremendous. Matt Harms is playing much better. no gel, Eastern is starting to contribute in a lot of ways for this Purdue team. And for Maryland, I think – I mean, with that, that matchup between Cohen and, and Carson Edwards, I really think that Carson Edwards has the advantage in that one. But you, you, you would take a look possibly at that matchup with Bruno Fernando and whoever it be, Grady Eifert, Matt Harms, whoever that guy is that's going to have to guard Bruno Fernando – and the post play at P- for Purdue recently has been so much better than people than, than it has been recently than it had really been earlier talking. in okay. the year. So because of that, I think that's going to give Purdue a huge advantage in this game and help them win.
2: So here's the question for me, and this is something that bothers me a little bit. Matt Harms is leading the team in blocks with almost two a game at one point eight but he only averages 5 rebounds a game and is out-rebounded by Nigel Eastern who is a guard. Why is that? He doesn't start. I know, but he, st- he what? He still plays 20 minutes a game.
0: He does. I mean, but I mean, you take a look at at the Nebraska game, their their most recent game. harms finishes with 8 rebounds, 4 4 points, 4 blocks in 23 minutes of play no Nojel Eastern finishes with ten rebounds and twelve points in thirty-one minutes of play. So that's it. So he plays. I mean, no Nojel Eastern plays eight more minutes, and, and yeah, no Nojel Eastern is a quote unquote guard. He's six seven. Oh, so I mean, this is not a. And he a small forward then. He base. He's he plays the two. Wow. For for them, I mean, because I mean. But he has to play bigger than he is because Carson Edwards is not gonna not a tremendous rebounder. Ryan Klein, who's their two guard, is also six six, but he is a perimeter guy. He's he is a knockdown three point shooter. He is a a three point shooting threat. The guy's shooting forty four percent on the year from three. That's what he does. I mean, so. For me, he's got a no Jill eastern while he's on the floor in that starting lineup has got to be able to go get rebounds and I think that's why he's a, he's averaging more rebounds per game than Matt Harms and that's a huge positive I think for Purdue.
2: Really? So, who are you taking in this game? Purdue. Oh, you said Purdue. Yes. I'm also taking Purdue. I said earlier that I think they're the hottest team in the Big Ten right now, so I'm going to keep them rolling. I like Boiler Purdue. Up. I I like Purdue too. I just I I just how tough of an Matt environment Harms is, is Matt Harnes is known for his his big presence down low and he's only averaging 5 rebounds a game that that's something that could bother me later in the season for Purdue but i just feel like you know a i didn't know he was 6-7 that's new information to me so i mean that explains a little bit he's working hard he's going up after shots as a guard he's quick um
1: but, how tough of an environment is college park maryland
0: i don't really know Maryland hasn't been in the Big Ten very long. I mean, when did they twenty twelve? Twenty thirteen they joined. Maryland's a team that has definitely had plenty of success on the basketball floor. So I think that it it, it could definitely be Yes. It's unfortunate. I think that could certainly be certainly be a a factor in the game, but I just don't know enough about it to say yes, for sure that's gonna be that's gonna be a huge, a huge key. Number eleven Michigan State at number twenty, Wisconsin, another top twenty five matchup. Michigan State is finally kind of back on track, while Wisconsin, coming off their loss in that in their last game against Michigan, so this is this is definitely going to be an interesting matchup. A team, two teams, I should say, that love to play in the post. Ethan Happ, Nate Reavers for Wisconsin, Kenny Goins, Nick Ward for Michigan State. Right, Xavier Tillman coming off the bench for the Spartans. I'm going to take Michigan State because I just think that their bench depth is going to be the key for them. I think that's going to put them over the top. Happ and Reavers have to play a lot of minutes. And, guy, I mean, guys like Tillman, guys like Ward are not easy to move. Those are big guys. Those are just intimidating post-presence. And with a guy like Cassius Winston at the point guard position, taking on a guy like Demetrik Trice, I think Michigan State's got the edge there. If Wisconsin – fails to shoot the ball from the three well, if guys like Brad Davison can't, if he can't shoot the ball well from the perimeter, Michigan State could easily run away with this one and end up winning by 20. So I'm going to take Michigan State.
1: Um, I'm going to take Wisconsin um, in this one. I, I, I understand that uh, Michigan State has recently been I mean, they may have kind of discovered how to regroup, refocus um, against Minnesota, but this is a, this is a tough one. Um, on the road, playing against a guy in Ethan Happ, and, and really, Wisconsin does a good job scoring the ball overall, and they do a good job passing it, 13 assists a game. Um, so, so I like the Badgers in this one. I, th- I think they're really going to be able to spread the floor around um,
2: and get good looks. You know, I'm also going to take the Wisconsin Badgers in this one. I think, you know, <laughs> I, I I just think Ethan. How ha- tough of an environment is Madison for oh, basketball? I I, would, I I hate playing in the coal the center. center.
1: Absolutely, is it not. the what would it be third toughest environment in the Big Ten or would it's it be
0: fourth? it's fourth? I would it's top five. I mean, okay. Assembly Hall is so hard. East Lansing two. I put Ann Arbor third. Mackey Arena, I'd probably put four. Maybe maybe them third Ann Arbor four and then and then the Cole Center.
2: I don't know. I don't think uh, this Demetrius Trice Cassius Winston matchup is going to be as lopsided you think it is, Logan. Um, but I just I think I think Ethan Happ is a lot quicker than the post players of Michigan State, and he's going to do his little finesse spin around down the basket and lay it up with his left hand like he does eighty seven point nine percent of the time. Um, down on the offensive boards, um, but you know I like I like Wisconsin in here. I think Michigan State. Um, I don't know. Something about me just gives off those. You know, they're they're just struggling a little bit. I think coming down the, the stretch, so um, I don't think they're going. I and I think home field advantage plays a huge factor in this one as well. So I'm going to take Wisconsin.
0: All right, our final matchup for Wednesday: number six Michigan at Penn State. And I mean, taking a look at this one on paper, you would assume like, okay, Michigan's going to run away with this one, right? Michigan's twenty-two and two; they're eleven and two in the Big Ten, currently leading the Big Ten. While Penn State is one and eleven in the conference, but this is a this is a Penn State team that has certainly played teams close at times. Their last game losing by only four to Ohio State, who, according to Joe Lenardi, is still an NCAA tournament team. So, I mean. And at, like, at, he held the lead at one point, up 70-69 to 69 at one point in that game before uh, a 5-0 run by the Buckeyes. So I think this could be a close game, but I think John Beeline knows that this is not a pushover team. There are no pushover teams in the Big Ten. He learned that in games against Wisconsin and against Iowa. So because of that, I'm going to take Michigan.
1: Um, I, I think it could also be close considering that Michigan might be looking ahead towards bigger games like Maryland coming up and, and, and next week and Michigan State down the road also. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think the coaching in this one is big for Michigan. Um, and really, I think they're the best team in the Big Ten. So I'm going to pick the Wolverines.
2: Yeah, I just – I don't think – I'm going to
1: take Michigan, first of all. But I don't – You'd have been pretty bold if you were to take Penn State in this
2: Yeah, game. I just – Penn State, I mean, they played in, you know, that win um, the Hawkeyes had over Ohio State very early in the season looked very, very good at the time. Um, but Penn State, Penn State held with Ohio State for the majority of the, that ball game before Ohio State pulled away at the end. But I don't. I like Logan said. There's not a pushover team in the Big Ten this year, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Penn State gave Michigan for a run for their money. Um, So we all agree that it's going to be close, then. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a lot closer, and a lot of people think it will be. But um, I'm going to take Michigan in this one.
0: Saturday's games, number 24, Maryland at number six, Michigan. I'm going to open up this one. Um, I'm going with a huge upset. I'm going to take Maryland in this one. And it's because of Bruno Fernando. I think guy like Anthony Cohen going up against Xavier Simpson, those two can kind of cancel each other out. Those what about
1: Brasdikas, though? He, you don't think he's going to be able to I think he could be.
0: I can think he could certainly be a factor, but I just don't think John Teske or Ignis Brasdikas are going to— had a good game, gonna, though. He did, but it was against Ethan Happ. It wasn't against a guy as imposing of a figure as Bruno Fernando. And I think Bruno Fernando is just such a tough, low-post presence. His ability to crash the offensive glass, his ability to score at the rim. Ethan Hap's a guy that can go out and hit it from 12 to 15 feet, occasionally hit a three-pointer. He's so crafty with his ability to kick out and get assists and things like that, right? And he's not as big. He's not as He doesn't have the ability to just body you down at the post as much as a guy like Bruno Fernando can. I mean, this is a guy that could possibly be a lottery pick in this year's NBA draft. So I just don't think Teske and Brazdikas are going to be able to handle the, the physicality of Bruno Fernando, and I think Michigan, because of that, Maryland's going to win.
1: Well, on paper, this game is pretty even. I mean, you look at points per game, points allowed, field goal percentage, rebounds, assists. It's all within two or three of each other. I mean, this is on paper pretty even but I think one thing to look at defensively is I think Michigan defensively is really tough um and I think they're going to be able to find a way I think Brasdick uh Ignis and I said this uh last week too that he was going to have a big game uh against Wisconsin and and Rutgers and he did just that so I think with how he's playing right now it puts Michigan on another level so I'm going to take the Wolverines I also like Maryland in this one.
2: Wow, I'm going. I'm going. Do with I, the, know, something like, I mean, like do like, know something you don't like? Like you, or do we know something you don't? I'm going. I'm going with the Terps in this one. I don't know. Like Logan said, Bruno Fernando. I mean, that's going to create really that good. He's going to create some problems for Michigan down there. I think um, that it's on the road he, though, I, it is on the road. But the Big Ten. I mean, it's just so. It's so. It, inconsistent this year that you can't just say oh it's an ann arbor michigan by 20 but i mean you know i i think the terps the terps got what it takes to get it done here i think so i'm i i like maryland i'm gonna go with that upset pick as well
0: all right all right and then our final saturday matchup is number 21 iowa at rutgers iowa currently on a three-game win streak, looking to to build off a, a bit of momentum that you could say, I mean, played pretty pretty atrocious for for the first thirty-five minutes uh, of that ball game before just a huge comeback. And because of that game, because of that huge comeback, I'm going to take Iowa because I think you, they they see that as a bit of a, a wake-up call, mm-hmm. right? And what a blessing it is to have a wake-up call come in in a win. Right? I mean, they were they were flat. They were thoroughly just beat. I mean, they were just beat for 35 minutes of that ball game until Joe Wieskamp, Isaiah Moss, and Jordan Bohannon turned it on late to, to put Iowa over the top in that game. And Rutgers is a team that they have played teams close. They do have four wins in the Big Ten. This is not a, a, a cupcake of a team because there aren't any. In this in this year's Big Ten, but I just think that we've
1: said that a lot. I just think (laughs) that
0: that Iowa is just too much of a talent. There's just too much of a talent gap. I would say this is an Iowa team that wants to win. This is an Iowa team that still has a shot at a top four seed in the Big Ten. So because of that, I'm going to take Iowa.
1: Um, I'm also going to take Iowa, and I wrote on there. Do you think that Iowa can win out? Because looking at their remaining schedule. I know it's gonna to be tough, but looking at their remaining schedule, they should be favored in a majority of these
2: games it's, upcoming. It's that Wisconsin game in the Kohl Center. Yeah, the
0: the at Wisconsin. And that's that's Wisconsin's senior night. Yep. And then the next game you've got you're at Nebraska. And while Nebraska has struggled as of late.
2: That scare that game scares
0: me too. Nebraska and Iowa do not like each other. <laughs> do not like each other. I didn't know if you knew
2: this, but I knew this is my first day of like- school here.
0: yeah there you
1: go
0: very strange after coaching
1: basketball you guys were talking about iowa football and you're like man i can't wait to beat nebraska this year i was like oh it is a rivalry that has
0: (laughs) just just literally come out of nowhere i mean it is it has grown so quickly into just such a a heated rivalry between these two teams so i can't just be like yeah at nebraska that's a win right At, at ohio state I, I don't know if that's a win. I really don't. At that's, home against Indiana, that's how saw... I feel
2: about this Iowa Rutgers game too. I don't. I it should should be a win for the Hawks, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, we could go into a Rutgers, come out of the locker room and play flat like we did against Northwestern for thirty five minutes before we decided to turn it on. You don't want them to put you through that again. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> But uh no I'm going to take I'm going to take Iowa on this one. I I like the the matchups. I like how hot Jordan Bohannon. and Tyler Cook had a great game against Northwestern. Yes, he,
0: he kept he kept the Hawkeyes in it for But about, here's the thing. The biggest disappointment
2: for me was seeing Luca Garza with the big goose egg on the on the scoreboard. He's battled uh, foul uh, trouble so I know. so so
0: badly but in the last four games.
2: It's just you would think that I, I personally would say that he is, you know, he is one of the better post players in all of the Big Ten, and then he has a game like that. It's like, well, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I, I just don't know. But
0: I like the Hawks in this one. All right, moving now into the Homers. SEC. <laughs> it's over Rutgers. Come on, man. You're, right, you're you right. I don't to think Russ. you have picked you're right. against Kansas State in our entire show so far. I picked Iowa to lose to Indiana last week. I picked them to lose to Michigan. I picked them to lose to Wisconsin. So, I don't want to hear Homer out of you.
1: I don't think I've been wrong, though, so far in basketball. I don't think I've been wrong. Oh, I was wrong about A&M. Yeah,
0: yeah. that was a rough one. Yeah, Gosh. we all picked A&M. Let's not talk about, so. about you. <laughs> Number <we>? 19, <laughs> LSU. At number 5, Kentucky. LSU, Twelve of their last thirteen games they have won. They're five and one on the road, but haven't won at Kentucky since two thousand and nine. They have a, a great one two punch, a great guard post one two in Tremont Waters and Nasri and Reed. I mean and he is he is just a phenomenal talent. He's definitely a, a first round NBA mm-hmm. talent. He's just a, a tremendous big he's just very, very. He's got tremendous size SEC at six foot ten. Yeah, I mean, just just a large a large presence down there. But he also has the ability to shoot it from outside. I mean, Waters was SEC Player of the Week last week. Twenty-two and a half points, seven and a half assists, four steals, and three and a half rebounds in their two wins last week against Mississippi State and Arkansas. While Nasrin Reed was named SEC Freshman of the Week. So, I mean. Those are that. That's a very, very talented one-two punch for LSU. They've played very, very well as of late. But I, I really like Kentucky. John Calipari has done such a good job in the last month of getting this team in a position to succeed in March. A game against Tennessee earlier in the week, later in the week, I should say, might be like uh, I don't know. But with maybe with that game looming, it could it could have an adverse effect. But I think. I think that Calipari is going to have his guys ready to go. He's not going to have them overlooking a top twenty-five team in LSU, and I think they come out on top.
2: I think a lot of people sleep on this LSU team, though. That's the thing is that Tremont Waters. I mean, he's putting up some pretty dang good numbers with fifteen points a game, well, honestly, three rebounds, six assists, three steals. Um, only averages three turnovers a game. I mean, as a point guard, you know that's going to happen. That's going to happen. Um. I'm gonna take the Tigers in this one.. So I, am I. I, I like LSU in this matchup. I really do. I think really this is just a tough week for Kentucky. I mean, you I mean yeah, they're
1: both at home, but my goodness, what a tough stretch, right? Um, because I think you're exactly right. I think LSU isn't being talked about enough. I mean, they have two guys that are just NBA talents. Um, they have other good like, role players around them. And for Kentucky, I think you, you hinted on it as like, well, they, they're looking to Tennessee. That could be a little bit of a doubt. And I think that's exactly what could be the problem for Kentucky. It's, that's tough. If, if Kentucky is able to go 500, that's great. But that's going to be tough.
0: All right. Now moving on to tomorrow's games in the SEC. South Carolina at number 1, Tennessee. No real notes for this one. <laughs> no. Shouldn't be much real conversation. <laughs> Frank Martin, I mean, early in the year, it seemed like this this South Carolina team was on its way to another Cinderella sort of season. They were going to come out of nowhere after struggling in the non-con to just roll through the SEC, but definitely have struggled as of late. They were blown out last week. So, I mean, at in Knoxville, I like Tennessee.
2: No argument here. Nope, Tennessee. Volunteers.
0: (laughs) All right, and then Saturday's games, number 19 LSU at Georgia. Another game, Georgia has definitely had their fair share of struggles this year. Tom Crean is starting to figure things out. A little bit during his the beginnings of his tenure there, but just not quite there this season. Talk to me next year when Anthony Edwards is in a Georgia uniform. I saw that, but what as a of right now, LSU, is. yeah, certainly a huge, huge. Where does pickup. he go?
1: to? Where's he play at in high school? He's from Atlanta. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, he's so, the number one shooting guard, right? Yeah, possible yeah. number one pick in the 2020 NBA draft. So,
2: um. Yeah, another one we can keep pretty short. Yeah, simple, I'm going to take LSU. I think, think LSU is way too talented for this Georgia. Do offense. you think
1: Tremont Waters will go first round? Do you think him and Reed would go first round? Maybe
0: NBA draft wise. Reed, Reed certainly. Okay. Um, I,
2: I don't, don't know really, about really know Waters. about Tremont really? Waters. He'll um, go. He he won't go any higher than second round. Any lo- However you want to look at that. Any he, he won't go. He's second, not super past the second big. Round. Um, he's five eleven. Right, but he's just a great bu- he resembles a, a, he resembles a Kyrie Irving to me. So, so Kyrie he went number one. Good hand. Huh? Well, Kyrie went number one. I'm, ju- <laughs> I'm just saying that his fundamentals Kyrie are, about are about like be a like
1: Kyrie's. Nick. What? Stop. stop. Wow. <laughs> don't do tell me that.
0: Don't, don't say I that. I saw a picture on Twitter. It I said, saw it, said,
1: KD, KD, Kyrie. KD, yeah. oh, I was
2: like.
0: And there,
1: Zion. There's no way, dude. There is a way. They can do it. There's a way. Oh, please stop. It's possible. Where there's a will, there's a way. They have the money. It's please, possible. Please stop. You you're just you just don't want it to happen. You're okay. it's your worst
0: nightmare. The Celtics are going to trade everything away for Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is going to leave and go to LA. <laughs> Kyrie is going to sign with the Knicks and the Celtics roster is just going to self-implode. That's what's going to happen. That's what I'm afraid of. But I don't think Danny Ainge is. You know, I
2: hope it works out that way now.
0: Thank you. After I mean, i would love that. to see it.
2: Absolutely. You know, I'm all for AD that. AD playing with LeBron. Yes. You know, yeah. KD's out of the West.
0: Yes. That's fine with me. LeBron playing at <laughs> 700 years old like he's Moses, all right. Hey, I mean, he is on our
1: uh, little 2K league. <laughs> he is. He certainly is. Like In
0: 2027, 20, <laughs> this man's 44 years old still playing in the league. Winning win the MVP every is averaging a triple being, double, being a
2: captain of the All Star game—he's always been the He's captain. He's like a twenty-four time the- All
0: Star at this point. <laughs> outrageous! What a bolster All right, well, we've got about ten minutes left in the show this week. We're going to move into some bracketology right now. Take a look at where some of the the local teams, some of the Big Twelve, Big Ten, SEC teams are right now. Right off the bat, you take a look. No Big Ten or Big 12 teams as a one seed. However, Tennessee hanging on to, to a one seed right now in the south region, according to, to Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology. I mean, taking a look, starting in the east region, We, I mean, there's a lot of teams that, that we can take a look at there. Ohio State is a nine seed in that region. Iowa State's a five. LSU is a four seed. Minnesota right now is clinging on to that NCAA tournament hope right now at an 11 seed. So, I mean, Alabama right now is, has worked their way into the NCAA tournament latest bracketology at a 10 seed. So, I mean, a lot of moving parts here. I mean, what are some, some things that stick out to you guys?
1: I think that um, with Michigan sitting down there as a two seed and with Gonzaga being the one seed in that region, looking at that potential route for Michigan, uh, you could potentially face, and Iowa has a pretty decent route as well. I mean, they would play UCF as a six seed, and then Houston is a three seed. So you could potentially have, if I was filling out a bracket, I think I would pick Michigan and I would meet in the Sweet 16. How would you feel about that matchup?
0: I don't know if I'd want to play Michigan again. Um, we played tremendously well against Michigan on our home floor. Yeah. And I think that there's, gonna be, there's definitely going to be a, a little bit of a grudge.
1: F- would the Iowa fans travel to Anaheim? Mm. So that's a trip. That's a long oh,
0: way. Well, uh, <laughs> the, the region is in Anaheim, but we don't know, I don't know where that Sweet 16 game True, would be right. located. It would be in the west
2: so, somewhere. So here's the thing. The, the one game that's really sticking out to me right now is not an 8-9 game, is not a 7-10 game, but it's the 4-13 matchup between LSU and Murray State. Oh, I love that. That's a great matchup. I love that. Boy, who'd
1: you take in that? John Morant. Yeah. Yes. I, I, mean, I don't know if LSU can. That's tough. That's just, I, how it's... are they only a 13 seed? Weren't they ranked know. at one point? Or am I. I think they were ranked at one point. They
0: might have been. I, I really do not know. I love as a. You know, and we're Nevada's going to...
1: only a four
2: seed, too. That's a team I wouldn't want to meet up against. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. We're doing this for the second week in a row. All right. Where do you other than the Murray State LSU game? Give me a potential upset in East in the each of the four regions. Okay. Um. Ooh. I like I like in the East region that Alabama Buffalo one.
1: Alabama, yeah. I think the ten
2: yeah. seven. I think Alabama definitely has the potential to win that one.
1: If Seton Hall is beats temple i like them over iowa state really i think seton hall in the big east as they played in those kind of games playing against villanova and playing in like big arenas in butler and georgia i, I would like seton hall in that one honestly and i'm a big 12 guy and I, I
0: would pick seton hall honestly that's that's very interesting to me because i was gonna say the exact same thing but the with other way temple? i was gonna say it with temple okay i mean you take a look at, at past years in this ncaa tournament teams that play that that play-in game, game, right, people can see that a bit as a hindrance, but if you win that play-in game, you've got momentum already in the NCAA tournament. tournament You think, I mean, you talk about Tennessee a few years ago. They they were in the play-in game against Iowa. They win a very, very close game against Iowa and then end up winning their next game, winning the – I mean, they ended up in the Sweet 16. From a play-in game to the Sweet 16, that is what that play-in game can give you, and I think that could potentially be what happens – with Temple, they beat Iowa State, and then they move right. They beat Seton Hall, they beat Iowa State, and then possibly a matchup against Duke, or maybe Duke loses. Duke has a tendency to do that. They, well, either, they would play. Either... It seems like Duke either wins the whole thing or they lose True. in the second round. <laughs> so, I mean,
1: Bucknell is a team that has had some upsets, also. Bucknell's have. a sixteen seed.
0: That, um, that never forget that Illinois Bucknell game where they upset Illinois in, in the NCAA tournament. Yep.
2: Okay, and then I look over to the south here in our next region. I like this Oklahoma over Virginia Tech matchup in the uh, play-in game there, too. I think Oklahoma could definitely handle the Hokies in you know this round of 64.
0: I don't see Oklahoma beating Arizona State. Really? I don't. I think Arizona State's a pretty Arizona talented State's team. Arizona State's a team that
1: beat KU earlier. Yeah. But the Pac-12. Man, Bobby Hurley. I mean. It's rough, though. It is.
0: It certainly is. But uh, I think that Arizona State would beat Oklahoma.
1: I think I would pick. Uh, I might lean towards Wofford over Auburn. I don't mm-hmm. really know how great Aub- – I mean, Auburn was up there at one point, but really, as of recent, they haven't been playing very well. So then we go down to – Who was w- yours? Who was yours
2: in the south? You, I, I, I like I, I Oklahoma. 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 Virginia Tech. <clears throat> then we go over to the west. Has anybody watched this Houston team play? I, I watched I, them I have beat Cincinnati
1: uh, over the weekend.
2: Was It, it was I close. Mean,
1: It was close, and they—they're but Cincinnati's kind of down. So Houston has a great record because the American is like the worst it's been in a long time. The
2: toughest team in the American for Houston is UCF, right?
1: Would
0: you you say that since UCF and Cincinnati, and that's mine. UCF beating Iowa in that first round. Wow, what the heck, man! Taco Taco Fall is seven foot seven, and our center is six foot ten. Come on, man. It's, it's UCF UCF's pick, the team gonna that was— going to pick UCF, too? UCF was know. a team what? that was. That, Come that, on. That a lot of people had favored to win the American. You're and getting I'm, not, I'm not picking UCF. That is a game that, as an Iowa fan, scares me. And I think would scare a lot of people, depending on what fan That's of whatever true. team you were. Right, Kansas State's a sixth seed right now. If they were to somehow play UCF in that 6-11 game, I would be scared for Kansas State. Yeah, I would. Because UCF is a team that has shown they can win games. This is a team that made the NCAA tournament last season— I, I would be scared,
2: other than that I really don't see any no, I don't more see a whole potential lot. upsets in the West. No, then, we, then we go over to the, the the midwest this is this is a stacked stacked region with Virginia one Kentucky two Kansas three Wisconsin four and Kansas Texas. City
1: two It is. that is was, uh, I really that are. is a
2: home.
1: The last time Kansas was in Kansas City, they lost in the Elite Eight to Oregon. It was the greatest day of my life.
2: Wow. But that is a Don't hold back. That's not how you do it. The Sprint Center is a fog (laughs) 2.0 for Kansas. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. Oh, boy. You know,
0: I love. I
1: like St. John's a little bit. That's
0: the one I'm looking at. St. John's is a team that was ranked at one point in the season. Chris Mullen has done a tremendous job for St. St. John's. (laughs) I, I take a look at that. I I'm take sure you like
2: South
1: Dakota
0: State I do. right you now. Know, jackrabbits. Let's go. Yeah, I Woo. take a look at that Butler-Texas Tech game <laughs> as another one. Um, Butler, new head coach. They're still kind of trying to figure things out a little bit. But uh, I, I do think Butler has had a tremendous track record in the NCAA tournament. Under Brad Stevens. Under Dana Holtman. So uh, I really do think that, that Butler could have some success. Especially against a Texas Tech team that, that struggles to score a little region. bit.
1: It is. That is a loaded region. Wisconsin, Tech, Ole Miss is pretty good. TCU is pretty good. Virginia. Maryland is a 6 seed. Kentucky, Maryland. Is, yeah, that is a tough
0: region. How about Butler and VCU being in the same region? That's crazy. That is. Uh, those, are, those are two sort of Cinderella teams yeah. that have hit Final Fours in recent memory. Being in the same Butler, region. Butler kind of went back-to-back back national championship yeah, games. Gordon Hayward, go Celtics. Stop.
1: See, bro. Come C, bro. on. bro. Okay, say, we're 18 why, games Why didn't you say Brad
0: Stevens? <laughs> yeah, Brad Stevens, But you too. said Gordon Hayward. Because Gordon Hayward plays for the Celtics. I could have said either one. They both work. They beat K-State in the Elite
1: against Jacob Pullen. Crazy. And then they missed that buzzer beater against Duke. The half-court yeah, shot. from half-court. Yeah. You yeah. say they
0: missed the buzzer beater like it was a bunny. It was from half-court. No, Gordon Hayward had missed to it, heave though. that. Like, he almost day. made it. Yeah, he certainly did. Well, I think, uh, I think that's <laughs> going to do it.
1: Closing of the laptop.
0: Thank you for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Logan Weber with Austin McNorton and Tucker Quinn. This has been Tuesday Takeover. Tune in next week. We'll see you then.